Okay. My no fuck. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, just distracted by the fighting. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hello and thank you for listening to episode 242 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for April 2020. Sponsored, as always, by Dean of the Dead. Hot horror sources. Uh, Tom, let's begin. Dean, we've uh, we've had a chat with him, haven't we? We certainly have. Uh, a very nice chat. It is, and of course that'll be included in this episode. Uh, we'll stop in a few minutes' time, and we'll let you have a listen to our chat with Dean. Uh, lots, he's got lots to say. Of course, we delve into how we started Dean of the Dead sources. Uh, visit the oh, there's such a I'm starting to salivate again just thinking about it, which I was doing at the time when he went through the different sources and was telling us what he puts in them. Oh, they sound so good, and they taste so good as we bloody know. Mm. Um, and you'll hear about that and lots more. Uh, one good thing it is, is restarted his Twitter account. So a link to that and everything else, all his other social media and his website will be in the podcast notes. Uh, so please click on those, follow him on everything. And especially his Twitter, he's getting that restarted as well. It's a good Twitter account to follow. And also, he's doing a giveaway, which is an, it's an awesome giveaway, mate. And um, you you pick the three sources that you want he's got a range of six of these hot sources which you'll hear about in just a few minutes uh you can pick three of them uh, he's got this great gift set he'll send it out to you uh, and you can pick the three sources that you want in it you know if you prefer the hot ones or you prefer the milder ones mixture of all of them it's up to you um but yeah go to his website and look what they do and if you're the lucky winner you can just choose whatever three you want and i think tell them no matter what three people pick they're onto a winner anyway aren't they you know oh god absolutely yeah all good and mm -hmm. as dave said just have a listen to our chat with dean he'll he goes through all the sources all the ingredients the heat mm -hmm. and uh yeah pick which three you like the sound of most and end of a competition yeah definitely uh easy to enter uh, podcast listeners we always like to give you uh, that little bit extra because you listen to us and you know dean's the sponsor of these shows so why shouldn't you have then extra chances to win all you need to do as a listener uh, is just send us an email and just make sure that the header in it mentions Dean of the Dead. If you enter through the contact form on our website, you can't put a header, just mention it in the email. What you say in the email, that's up to you. You can write what you want, but you'll be entered into it. And because you listen to the podcast and you sent us an email, you get 10 entries into the random drawer where one person will be picked out. We're also going to run this on Twitter too. We're going to tie it in and help promote uh, Dean's restarted Twitter account. Uh, everybody that gives us a retweet on there, they get one entry into the draw. Uh, so again, you know, if you send us an email and you retweet as well, that's another entry. That's 11 entries that you can do. If you follow Dean of the Dead's Twitter account as well, you get an extra 10 chances in the draw again. So if you email us, you retweet, and you follow him, you've got tw you've got twenty one places in the draw at the massive cost of bugger all. Apart from a minute of your time, twenty one chances to win a great three pack of hot sauces from Dean. Can't say fairer than that, can you, Tom? No, that is insane. 
Yeah. How generous are we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're rewarding, you know, we're giving extra chances yeah. to, to you for listening to us. We're giving extra chances for people that are kind enough to follow Dean on his Twitter. Yeah. And then, you know, not as, you know, we've got anything against our Twitter followers. Of course we haven't. But it, just the general Twitter followers, they get one chance for retweeting. And the tweet that I'll do, uh, I'll put it on multiple times. I'll also make a page on our, on our website too. Uh, so watch out on our social media for that uh yeah and just just enter and keep your fingers yeah. crossed and you know and if you don't win he's got plenty that you can buy that's for sure yeah yeah he's mm. got a he's got a website full of sources and he's still shipping them out so he is yeah and also some of the chat as well is about uh some interesting new uh new developments some new new products that we could, could be uh, coming out which sounded really good. New T-shirts as well. You know, there's, there's a lot to listen to and a lot to look forward to, even though, of course, with everything that's going on, the way, we, you know, he's, and again, you'll hear this. When he was, he got so much planned for this year with all the different events he was going to, which had become, you know, a big part of him selling all of his sources and that. And of course, that the rug's been pulled from under him. Uh, so yeah, help out. Go to the website and if you see some stuff that you like, which I'm sure you will do if you're into your hot sources, then just order some. And uh, yeah, you'll be treating yourself and you'll be helping Dean as well, which is always good. So shall, shall we just take a break from you a few minutes, mate, and let everybody uh, have a listen to our chat with Dean then? Yeah, let's do it. Right, Dean, first of all, thank you for coming onto the show. It's awesome that me and Tom get another chat, another chat, another chance to have a chat. See, see how excited I am already. I can't even speak properly man, from the beginning. Thank you for having me on here, man. This is great. This is awesome. I, I listen to I listen to the shows that you guys do, and I was like, "Yeah, I can't wait for my little spot on there." <laughs> <laughs> well, because people know already, you know, you're the sponsor of these shows, yeah. Dean of the Dead Hot Sources. We've sung your praises many times, many oh, times. Man. We've you know we've we've bought your products over the years and loved them, and we've met you know me and Tom have both met you in in person numerous times at different festivals as well, yeah, haven't we? Yeah, conventions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Let's begin because I want to. I want to know to begin with. I'm sure a lot of people do. How how did you get into all of this business with the hot sauce and everything? Because it's you know it's not <clears> something <throat> that a lot of people would know. Oh, how do, how do I get into that to begin with? So what inspired you to do it and how did you do it? Yeah, well, I kind of so there's well, so I live in Hertfordshire and there's um there's a chili festival um that goes on in there's uh, it's in Bennington, which is kind of steep the Stevenage area. If anyone's familiar with that. Um, a friend of mine mentioned this festival to me and he was like, you know, you like your hot stuff. You should come along and check it out. Uh, and this is going back about sort of five, five or six years ago. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. So we went along, had such a great time. There was like, they had live bands, they had sort of co comedians and all kinds of stuff. It wasn't just the chili festival. It was this whole event that <laughs> went on for about three or three days. It was almost like a proper festival. Um, and I remember just, cause, I mean, I love, I love my hot food. I've always, I've always been massively into spicy foods. You know, when I was a kid, my dad used to feed me chicken fowl. You know, I used to, I used to go to the Indian restaurant with him. I like, have some of that, son. I just see him sitting there sweating and glowing. I'm like, what's going on there? So I've always been, I've always been massively into my hot stuff. Um, so anyway, I went to the, the chili festival, met loads of really cool people. Um, uh, and I, I literally just came home and I was like, Do you know, what? I really want to have a go at doing that. You know, just try and create my own, Salsa, just I, I loved, I loved how creative it all was. Like you know, the designs on the bottles and all the different flavors, and it just seemed like a really cool little universe. You know, I was so I thought, right, I'm going to give it a go. <clears throat> 
but I wanted to do something different. So I kind of, I was thinking what are the passions, you know, I'm a musician as well. So I was thinking maybe I could incorporate with music. Um, and then I kind of thought, you know, horror is my kind of probably my number one passion. I absolutely love my horror. So I thought maybe if I could blend the two together, um, uh, the, you know, the hot, the passion for the hot sauce, the passion for the horror. So then I kind of started coming up with these names and then I was just like, well, this is it. <laughs> and then the ball started rolling from there really. And then, and then I was sort of mentioning it to people and like, that's a great idea. So I, so I had the idea and I had the names and stuff, but I didn't actually have any <laughs> product. So I kind of, <laughs> I did a, I did a bit of research, you know, I looked into different recipes and then I kind of started, you know, being a bit like a kind of mad scientist, you know, just kind of putting different things together and seeing what worked. And then, and then I started using fruit, um, uh, again, just to do something slightly different. I know a lot of other people do use fruit, but I wanted to kind of make them all, um, you know, vegan friendly because everyone's vegan crazy these days, mm-hmm. um, all fruit based. Uh, and with a different flavour to it, any all the other sauces that I, you know, tried and tested and that, and then and then literally I, I, I you know, I'd, it just seemed that everything was working. It was ticking all the boxes. You know, the the horror aspect, people were, were just like, wow, that's really cool. The sauces were going down really well. I was kind of just giving them out to family and friends as a bit of a test, just to see who I was. Po- if I <laughs> didn't want to poison the public, just you know, straight away. <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't mind if a lot, you know, my stepbrother was like, I don't care if he, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care about him. <laughs> no, I do, but you know, I don't care if he, you know, he ends up with a dicky belly. But it's probably not. <laughs> but anyway, so no, everything just seemed to be working. Everything seemed to be going really well, and I was, and most importantly, I was really enjoying it. I was just having so much fun oh, with it, and it was like a, you know, it's just a labour of love sort of thing. So I was just sort of throwing all my own money into it, and and that's what I still do at the minute. You know, I haven't gone down the investor route or anything like that yet because I've just got complete creative control over everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Everything down to the market inside of it, the the, the recipe, the, the designs, the lot. So that's kind of it. Literally just snowballed. It started off as just a little harebrain idea, and and now I'm kind of doing, you know, sort of all the on the. I started off on the convention scene, um, just sort of dipped my toe in the water. The the very first one that I did was it was only last year, and it was in Sheffield at the Horicon. Um. And I literally, I remember just setting up thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, all, like everyone must be looking at me thinking, why is the hot sauce guy here? What's, why is he here? You know, because you've got all these great artists with all their art prints and cool T-shirts and horror memorabilia. And then this dude rocks up with like hot sauce. And, but it was a success. It was a big success. And I think I came home with like one box left. I was like, wow, this is, wow. you know. It was great, and we, we, you know, we made a few quid, which was great. So I got my money back, and I thought, right, I'll try another one. And then it just, again, that sort of snowballed. So I, I, I think the third or fourth convention I did was the uh, the uh, Olympia, London Film and Comic Con. I just thought, sod it, go for it, see what happens. And again, just absolutely smashed it. So I was like, I'm onto something here. Yeah. So that well, it's, it's that combination though of horror movies and really good hot sauce that got the attention of me and Tom and we thought you know if anybody's the perfect fit to be the sponsor for these shows it's you with it because we love horror movies and we love hot sauce uh and then when we actually got you know we're buying your hot sauce and we thought oh god yeah these these are all lovely because of course we had to we had to try them all so me me and the sweaty ball guy is it that's it yeah we got (laughs) (laughs) listen listen to the entertainment shows and Keep your balls fresh. Listen to <laughs> us, and you got your hot sauce. You're fine. I love it, man. It's great. It's a perfect fit. <laughs> but I do I remember. I remember one of your shows. You said, "Don't confuse the two. 
Yeah, that we... <laughs> yeah. Magic. Just That's imagine become a public liability. Just <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't put your hot sauce on your balls. Whatever you do, because that would be interesting to say it's... the least. <laughs> you, you mentioned conventions and that now. We've as a podcast, we've like well, two things we avoid talking about is politics, and we've added the c word, which is not the c word that's normally banned from podcasts. It's what's happening with the world today, but you can't avoid it because yeah. you know, yeah. without without going too too much into detail with you know the actual shit that's happening today, mm. the shit that's happening today has, has really affected you because you've been you know and you've said you were building up a really good head of steam going from convention to convention. And then, yeah. you know, word of mouth and people going, oh, I've tried these sources. They're really fucking good. Come on, he's going to be at this convention. Let's go there. Yeah. Of course, yeah. people can order through your website as well. They don't have to go to a convention to buy your stuff. Mm. But that meeting people and talking face to face, you know, and when me and Tom have met you and had a chat, you know, you, yeah. and, we, you know, we've seen you're always so really friendly with people and welcoming to people. And uh, to, to lose that must have been, you know, a body blow for you, surely. Definitely. I think because, I mean, I, so I, I kind of steamed into this is year two for me. This is literally just year two. And, and the convention, I haven't I haven't actually yet done a food based event. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, this this year I had so many things planned out. Um, so I, I kind of tripled the conventions because um, last year it was just kind of dip my toe in and see what happened. And as I say, everything seemed to be working as a success. So I thought, right, next year I'm going to kind of do. I got in with all the guys that run Monopoly events. They're really, really lovely guys. Yeah. Guys at Showmasters, um, and I was just kind of making friends, you know, in the sort of back area. And and um, uh, so I drew up a list of all the conventions, and I literally just booked into every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to get two in <laughs> before the the C word struck. Um, but it's such a shame because yeah it's really fuck me to to be honest because you know I had so as well as the conventions I had uh, the the BBC Good Food Show jumped on board they absolutely loved the idea they were like you'd be a great addition to their uh, summer and winter shows Uh, so I had that and then then I thought you know being a chilli sauce or perhaps I should approach some chilli festivals <laughs> so, um, so I did that and all of them again were just like yeah for sure man definitely so I sent in a product etc all that kind of stuff and um, and then I, so I literally I had all a huge list of conventions huge list of chilli festivals the BBC stuff so year two was looking good yeah um, so I'm not, I was saying to my girlfriend yesterday I'm not counting this as year two I'm year two yeah. year one and a bit next year's going to have yeah. to two because it's it has screwed me in a way, but you know I'm not the only one. We're all in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I managed to get two conventions in before it struck, so uh, you know, and you know, and I'm I'm still working on things on online like the YouTube, which we'll go into in a minute, like the Instagram, the YouTube, mm. all that kind of stuff. So I'm still keeping busy with it. I want to know as well because you know you, you make all your sources and all of this, and you, you're testing them as you're making them and everything. Yeah. Um, what happens then because the, I love the, you know, not only the names, me and Tom have talked at length about the names of the sources that we love, yeah. uh, but also the packaging and everything. You know, it's all part of a bigger whole when you create this brand, like you said, and you were thinking of the names and everything. How did you sort out about getting everything, you know, bottled up? Um, I Just for me, that was part of the whole creative side of things. So I, 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 I sourced, um, excuse the pun, I sourced <laughs> a, uh, a few different bottle companies. Um, I, you know, I, I used to use one and I found a cheaper one and, 
Um, the same with the labels. So I literally have designed all the labels myself. But I've got I'm really fortunate to have like a really kind of good set of creative friends. So one of my best friends who I play in a band with, he's a great photographer. He does all my pictures for free, which is cool. Um, another friend of mine. Uh, he's a graphic designer, so he just does stuff for me dirt cheap. Uh, you know, so I've got like kind of. So, I was, mm. but I, I was coming up with the idea initially. So, like as I say, I sourced all the bottles, um, and then sort of designed the labels, um, and then got here that my friends kind of make them up. I think that was all quite part of the creative sort of process for me. And then you know, looking at all the different colours and when the you know just sort of lining them up and looking at them and they're your little babies and <laughs> it's just all part of the, the creative process for me. So I, did, I didn't want to kind of hand that over to someone else. I wanted to yeah. do it. I wanted to kind of just you know get. So I've, I've gone through sort of three different bottle looks. I started using these sort of two hundred and fifty mil uh, ones that were. I think they were supposed to be used for like um, soda, you know. And, uh, pop stuff like that whatever yeah. um uh but i thought initially you know they're a bit bigger than the bottles that you'd normally get out there so i thought i'll use them but then i realized i was actually killing myself because they're, they're they're sort of 100 mil bigger than all the other bottles that you get sorry i'm going into the technical bit no more. no no it's good to hear no i'm fascinated by it so basically i just kind of found a different a different look different bottle di uh, different design companies that kind of did the labels in different ways etc 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 so yeah so yeah, that's that side of things. And what as well for for anybody that's not familiar with your the product line that you've currently got, can you just talk the listeners through what you've got? You know, at time of recording through through the different sources, be, and because they go through as well, don't they? Of through the Scoville scale. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, so they kind of start. None of them are, are like ridiculous. Well, I say that you know, for for me, none of them are ridiculous, ridiculously hot. But then some of the um, the the people tasting them on our YouTube channel might <laughs> 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 sort of paint a slightly different picture of the heat. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So basically, um, so they're all named after horror films. Um, no one's come at me with licensing yet, or tried to sue me yet. So I think I think I think I'm all right. It's parody. I think I'm all right. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, this is, I've tried to look into this as well, but it's a bit of a grey area. Um, <laughs> so so far, so good. Touch wood. <laughs> uh, but so basically, I've got uh, so the mildest one is called Source. Uh, so it's spelled S A W, like the film. Yeah. The, the big saw font, and then a little C E on the end there. So you've got Source. Uh, that one is apple and jalapeno. So that's kind of like the mildest one that we do. Um, the next one up is called the Texas Chain Sauce Massacre, um, <clears throat> which is like a barbecue flavor. It's got chipotle and it's got fresh cherries in it. So it's like a cherry and chipotle. That one does really well. A lot of people like that. That's kind of too chilly heat. So it's good for, you know, people, it's still got that kick, but it's also not too spicy for people that are not massively into their spice. Yeah. Uh, the next one up is where it starts getting a little bit hotter. So you've got one called a Naga Mare on Elm Street, um, the, which has got the Naga chili in it, um, which which are they are bloody hot. Um, <laughs> but actually, my favourite chili they're the, they're the, they've got the the, oh, okay. the best flavour. I think I love the flavour of a Naga. So you can order from an Indian. They do like a Naga chicken tikka masala. It's beautiful, but not as good as the Naga Mare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the one after that is oh sorry so that is that's naga chili and that's with uh, peach mango and pineapple. Mm -hmm. uh, the next one after that is called Parascoville activity. So we've, we've stuck nice. the, the Scoville 
word in with the ones that kind of we we i sit around just <laughs> drink a lot of beer and come up with <laughs> girlfriends often like what are you, what are you thinking about what are you doing just the names and, yeah as you do, uh, <laughs> as you do yeah so paris collectively that's uh, blueberry and ghost chili see what i did there the ghost and the paranormal nice nice um and then you've got jeepers reapers which is a, a strawberry uh flavor and that's mixed with carolina reaper um so that's obviously hot hot and then the next one up is the sort of last one i did which is the exorcist which is and that's the one you like dave isn't it oh yeah love it you know, and that's uh pear and pineapple and then that's got a bit of naga uh, Carolina Reaper, some Scotch bonnets, and some other delights in there. So that's that's the hotter one. But because they're all mixed with fruit, the the, the fruit, uh, sorry, the sugar in the fruit, it neutralizes the chili quite a bit. So they're not ridiculously hot. So we get like a lot of chili heads that come around to the conventions. Like that's not hot. I can eat hot. Mm. But this is the thing. I mean, we've talked about it, haven't we, Tom? Um, you know, and we've loved hot sauces for years and years and years. And we always we always come back to it that the thing that got us into your sauces was the what you know what is missing from a lot of you know hot sauces mm. is the flavor on it tom that we're yeah. just going oh my god this this yeah. tastes so good i get that a lot with the whole sort of flavor based thing a lot of people say these are much more flavor based and even with the chili reviews that you see online they always say it's not about heat it's about flavor first yeah so i haven't approached the whole sending them out to chili reviewers yet but i'm hoping when i do they they pick up on that so yeah yeah and tell us as well, because we've also talked about in previous episodes, and we haven't tried this yet. We're waiting this. What, what's this chili jam? Tell us about that. Oh yeah, and that's so that's so that was another part of my sort of year two plan was I was um, so I've got six sauces in the range in six sauces in the range so far. Yeah. Um, so the plan was to put out six jams this year as well, six chili jams. So I've I've sort of developed two of them. One of them that I put out. Um, not kind of officially on the website or anything, mm. but I was, I was doing it as a bit of a test run at uh, Weekend of the Dead up in Manchester. Yeah. Which I think was when I last when I saw you last there, Dave. Um, it was, yeah, yeah. February was that? I think end of Feb. I think it was the end of February, yeah. <clears throat> so I, yeah, I, put, I, I got some together for that, and that's called Night of the Living Spread because it was um, <laughs> a George Romero based convention. So I thought. I did. I was going to call it something else, but I thought actually no. If I can get it ready for that, it will be really cool. And I got, <laughs> I got some pics of some of the guys from the movies holding it, and they, oh, really, awesome. they thought it was really good fun. So, um, so that was that's a pineapple and Scotch bonnet flavored chili jam. But there's there's five more that are kind of in in the wings on yeah. the beach, ready to go. But I, I won't I won't mention the names just now. I'll keep them as a surprise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, keep everybody hanging on that. <laughs> And but, what about what about sources as well? Are you are you going to expand on the six that you've got? Are you constantly thinking? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that I will do. I mean, I, uh, so I've got a couple of other names lined up, and you know, I want to do. There's a Christmas one that I want to try and do with cranberry. Um, again, the name. I'll try and keep the names under wraps a little. Yeah, because yeah, definitely. Thing, when I put them out, sometimes people are like, "Ah, <laughs> you're a clever little bird." Um, but yeah, so I've got a Christmas one that I'm trying to. Well, uh, I will hopefully have ready for this Christmas or that. I don't know. We'll see with the C word. I don't know. There's, I'm tr trying to sort of order a priority. So maybe I'll save that for next Christmas. Or yeah. I don't actually say that. I don't know. Everyone might be super, you know, happy that everything's over. This is all over by Christmas and just feel that they really want to just go and buy some hot sauce to celebrate. I don't know. So. 
for me. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You just got to wait how it all plays out, and then just take it from there. Because it sounds like it's going to be a while before conventions are up and running. You know, because yeah. purely for the amount of people that are all crammed into into one space. So yeah, that's going to be one of the last things, isn't it? That's going to reopen. I would have thought. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I know there's there's a few that. Are, that I'm booked into towards the end of the year. And I think the organisers are optimistic that they're going to go ahead, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But people, like we said, people can still order from your website though, in the meantime. Yeah. I, yeah. We're st I'm still, um, I've st all my suppliers are still open. Yeah. can still order. So yeah, I'm, I'm still, I can still make stuff. This and, you know, I, I kind of, I, I always make up fresh batches for the conventions. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of due to make another batch up because, as I say, if I can push the online stuff, then I'll get more orders coming through. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still, still, still in, still in production. Oh, well, that's that's good to hear. <laughs> and you've been keeping yourself busy doing some other stuff as well. Uh, and please, you know, tell our listeners what you what you've been up to. And again, links will be in the podcast notes for this uh, of everywhere that you can follow Dean. And one of the places that you can follow him and should follow him is his Instagram account. Uh, because there's been there's been some video clips going up on there. Uh, yeah, so this is so when I was talking about sort of keeping the whole idea um, sort of creative and a bit innovative and sort of keep separate from what the millions of other hot sauce companies are doing. Um, so I thought because it's sort of uh, based around horror movies, um, I'm, I'm sort of trying to create a bit of a universe around it. So I was thinking. So we, we I come up with the idea for sort of like to do like a promo video, um, and it was uh, I, I, so a, a good friend of mine from school again sort of somebody else that I know he, he used to date my sister years ago so he owed me a favour. <laughs> um, and he's got his own company called Creative Capture Media and they they film all the tougher mudder stuff and they fly out to the states do the NFL stuff all kinds of stuff. Nice. So he he uh, we were chatting about it and he said why don't we make you like a a, a promo video for the sources um and then that sort of that's morphed into um almost like a horror short if you will like a spoof kind of uh it's it's like a commercial like a like a promo commercial ad sort of thing um but it's about sort of four and a half minutes long at the minute so it's all it's also like a sort of short movie but we've we've taken so all the, all the names of the sources we've basically then taken um sections out of the films that they reference and just done a kind of bit of a spoof skit on each so for example um in a, in a nightmare on elm street you've got the scene where nancy's in the bath and she's kind of got her legs spread she falls yeah, asleep yeah. and then the glove comes out of the water and goes towards her so instead of that the, the glove comes out but it's holding a bottle of a nightmare on elm street you know that kind of <laughs> that, that kind of thing we've got the, an exorcist scene set up uh, in the bedroom with a priest and, and my, my girlfriend's a nanny um, so Nanny's two, two, two little girls. So I was like, oh, she'd make a great Reagan. Oh my god! <laughs> so we wrote, we roped her into it. Her parents were delighted with that. You know. Yeah, I bet. Um, but she did a fantastic job. I mean, I, when you eventually see it, she's great. Like she's definitely got a little budding career as a as a scream queen. She <laughs> <laughs> was terrifying. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's that's what we're putting together at the minute, and we, we managed to get it all shot. Uh, before the C word struck, yeah, uh, again, um, which was great. So now it's just in the kind of production stages. So we just kind of add in sound effects, and that's good because we can bounce it back and forward between me and him. We've got a little edit and suite, so we're just sort of chopping it up, adding some music, adding some sound effects, and trying to get it as good as we possibly can, so we can use it just for sort of online 
YouTube. And then, as I was saying to you before, try and possibly get it into some uh, sort of independent horror film festivals, you know, just as before movies or whatever. Because it's, you know, it's good. It's good fun. It's a really good fun sort of little spoof caper, if you will. Yeah. Well, it works on two levels, though, doesn't it? You know, as well as being, you know, fun, especially for horror fans and everything, it's, it's a good advert for your products as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's totally, it's really bizarre. It's, it's just uh, <laughs> what, uh, sometimes you know, I'll sit back and think, what am I doing? Because <laughs> 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 at the end of the day, it's just hot sauce. But no, it's it's good fun, and people seem to be loving it, and I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, yeah. And and I think yeah, this is it's a, it's going to be a great promotional tool as well. So I'm, I'm hopefully going to try and you know send it, you know, around Halloween time, sort of try and send it to the. The, the lad bibles and the uni lads and all that kind of stuff yeah. see if they'll they'll give it a spin you know see what happens yeah i'm looking forward to watching it see definitely what yeah. yeah um yeah um but yeah so that's that will sort of add that to the youtube channel um uh and i so i've got one up at the minute which is called dean of the dead tv um there's not a great deal of content on there it's it's kind of well there's a few videos but it's mainly basically us preparing for a convention uh the journey to the convention and then the convention itself and then we do like a lot of sort of chili te- you know taste tests with people that are, you know like the cosplayers all that kind of stuff so and then filming the cosplayers so they, they, it makes for a good watch and we did one of them that we did the, the for the love of horror one in manchester um and so rather than just do it as the convention uh we we basically we did like a screen park road trip so okay. we went to liverpool did the farmageddon screen park then went to for the love of horror did the convention and then on the way back down to london we hit about four different screen parks so we stayed in a different <laughs> place every night and then we just put that together as all one vlog so it's essentially covering the convention but it's a whole screen park road trip at the same time so it sounds like an awesome trip <laughs> we try yeah just keep it's it's, it's good fun it's really oh, it was great fun we loved yeah. it but what i'm trying to do i'm trying i'm actually setting up um i've just ordered myself a home bar um not just because the pubs are shut, but um, mainly because the pubs are shut. Uh, and what I'm doing, I'm trying to build like a little set in the corner of one of the rooms. So I've got this old kind of retro arcade machine. Um, and I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with Joe Bob Briggs. Do you guys? Yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that guy. He's amazing. And I, I, I mean, it's not going to be any anywhere near as as great as what he's got there. You know, the, so basically, you know, the whole set where he's got the sort of caravan, the trailer, and he sits outside it with a kind of uh, do, do you know what I mean? Where he's got a kind of barbecue and he's yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's, it's a set. It's obviously in a studio. So um, trying to do something similar to that, but themed around a bar. And I'm gonna, uh, for, I'm gonna ba- basically have um, to, to do like uh, sort of hot sauce reviews, um, craft beer tasting, and then horror like. So basically, every single episode, basically like episodes, like a hot sauce reviewer. Yeah. It's, that's what I'm trying to set up with, like a bit of a set. Sorry, I'm probably waffling here. I might not be no, making. I'm just thinking how awful it's going to be for you to have to try hot sauces, watch horror movies, and drink craft beer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean by I'm having great fun with it. <laughs> it's, it's just again, it's another harebrained idea. It might work, or I might be absolutely awful at doing it, but we we shall see. But that's just something I wanted to do because obviously there's not so many convent well there's no conventions going on at the minute so to keep the content flowing on the youtube mm. channel or i need to do something else so i had this idea i watch a, uh, there's a lot of um youtube uh hot sauce reviewers there's there's one in particular give him a shout out a guy called justin Harmon. Harmon heat 
great guy, wicked channel. And I was just like, yeah, again, I just want to do my own one of those. So just adding to the whole, as I say, the, the Dean of the Dead universe, adding to it all the time with as, as many hot sauce, horror related things as I can. And, and now beer as well. So. Nice. Yeah. And you're working on T-shirt designs as well, aren't you? Uh, yeah, so I've got um, so uh, basically so, so there's a thing called Hobo Jack. They do they're like a uh, clothing company. There's, in, fact, in fact, there's quite a few, but they're the this is where I kind of got the idea from. Hmm. Um, they're like a clothing t-shirt company, and they they commission like tattoo artists to do designs for their t-shirts and then sell them for their site. So I've done a similar sort of thing. Um, commission. I've got twelve different sort of cherry picked. 12 different tattoo artists from from around some a handful of them that i actually know from the convention scene which is great so it's all kind of keeping it in house there yeah um and basically yeah it's like a collaboration for them to draw something that's kind of horror themed and hot sauce themed um so for example one of the ideas was having like a like a you know like a chili eating competition with like all the, the monsters sitting there like doing a chili eating competition you know that that kind of thing or i've got like a a skeleton neck in a bottle of hot sauce and he's got these kind of trippy vortex eyes and <laughs> like a glowing chili in his, in his, in his inside his rib cage rather than a heart that that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Re- really out there kind of things that you'd imagine a tattoo artist would come up with so yes yeah, so I've, I've got 12 of those the plan is to kind of release one a month so do like an artist profile and then like do their design um and then so sort of, it's and it's going to be do you know do you know drop shipping i don't know if you guys know well, no, I'm not familiar with that. Basically, rather than getting like bundles of t-shirts printed up, I'm just going to kind of do the made-to-order sort of thing. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Eventually, there'll be twelve different designs to pick from. People can go onto the website, choose which design they like the best, and then just order it. And then I kind of get it made-to-order kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds good though. Even you know, with all the shit that's going on, you've still got a lot keeping you busy, which is good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be climbing the walls otherwise. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no they, these were these were ideas. I, I wanted to sort of do these are things that I had kind of penciled in to do, um, and I probably wouldn't have really got round to the t-shirt thing just yet because I was going to focus on the jams this year. But mm. um, obviously, as with all the conventions not happening, I just thought, okay, that I can actually do that from home. You know, I can contact the, the artists i can get the ideas bouncing back and forward get the designs done so this is all stuff we can just do through through the wire kind of thing yeah. so i thought i'd press play on that idea um and just sort of put, put the jams aside for for year two and a bit or whatever it is next oh, yeah. you can have me and tom salivating for another 12 months now well actually i should send you out so when i get the new when when i'm sort of developing the new flavors maybe i should send them over to you guys for a taste test yeah oh god yeah yeah. we'll happily volunteer for that mate definitely (laughs) oh excellent (laughs) so like you said it's 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 been a weird year for you a weird time and i'm i'm gutted that it's happened at a point you know where you were just getting everything going and you know ramping everything up um but it's good to hear as well that you're You've not stopped everything. There's still other projects going on, and like you said, next year's year two, isn't it? You know, yeah. take take it from there with everything that's going on. And in the meantime, you know, and everything that we can do to help out, we're going to happily do. Um, because really- like we said before, and we're, you know, we're not saying it because you're on the show now with us. You know, we've met in person enough times, and we told you we we love the the products that you do, and that's yeah. why we we were more than happy when we approached you to be a sponsor well, of the show. You. Yeah, and, and you said yeah, that was it was awesome. 
So, and yeah. also... Oh, do you know I... Sorry, go on, Dean. I was, I was going to say you cut out for a minute there. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I thought oh, my, no. <laughs> my internet connection... It's, everyone's at home using the bloody internet connection. Oh, but no, sorry, I've got you back. I've got you back, so I've got the gist oh, of it. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, we, 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 as well, with the, with the products that you're going to do, you've you very kindly put in... Um, a giveaway together that we're going yeah. to run on on this episode. Um, me and Tom record. I'm sure nobody's surprised that we we record bits on different days. Uh, we're going to when we record the main show in a few days' time, we'll we'll give all the details of of the giveaway. It'll be on our Twitter as well. Uh, but yeah, so keep listening to the end of this show. Uh, keep an eye on our Twitter on uh, on ways that not only can you follow Dean everywhere he is, but how you can can win some of the awesome stuff that he's just been talking about which which is nice as well <laughs> i've got yeah i've got um so i've got some exorcist left like you said that's my favorite i think which one did you say was your favorite tom because we talked about this in the last show didn't yeah, we? yeah i think it was the exorcist as well because yeah. i got um nagamere and exorcist at the love of horror thing last year and uh yeah exorcist was excellent yeah because I... I know we we both put them on everything <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is yeah i'll just put i'll just put some sauce onto it it, go, it goes well with everything <laughs> that's great man that's been really popular that exorcist one's been good that one the texas chainsaw one but the ex exorcist people seem to like that so yeah i'm pleased with that yeah it does it does go down very very well and like we said before it's you know it's we do like hot sauces but it's the taste of them it's the taste of them that just adds to everything yeah. which which is really good right we'll wrap this up dean um it's like i said it's awesome to have you on the show i'm sure it won't be the last time you'll be on especially with your love of horror movies as well we'll have yeah. to get you on one time and, and let's you know talk about some horror movies yeah whenever horror you movies of the watch. 80s would be pretty cool yes definitely yeah i yeah, do maybe, I maybe we could that. do a special show just about that and that'd be interesting awesome yeah, yeah. definitely i do i do love my 80s sorry yeah no whenever, whenever you whenever you want me i'm i'm yeah more than happy to come come and chat with you dudes yeah for sure thank you so much for having me on here as well no, it's no problem at all. And again, for everybody listening, all the links where you can find Dean will be in the show notes for this on uh, however you're listening to this show and also on our website. And we do encourage you to follow everything that he does because like you just heard, he's got a shitload going on. So keep up to date with it all uh, and, and buy his stuff as well. Obviously, you won't be disappointed. Trust me, you really won't. Uh, so yeah, for now, Dean, until we speak again and until we finally meet again when everything gets back to normal. Absolutely. Uh, Great chatting to you, mate. And uh, both me and both me and Tom will see you soon. Stay spicy, my friends. Stay safe. <laughs> yeah. Keep washing those hands. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Wash your hands all the time. <laughs> cheers, Good mate. Yeah, yeah. Thank, cheers, guys. Thank you. And we are back. Hopefully, you all enjoyed that chat with Dean. Hopefully, uh, like me, you're now salivating. <laughs> and uh, not only are you emailing us, you're following Dean. Uh, on his Twitter account, and uh, you'd be retweeting the few times I'm going to tweet about the competition too. And like I say, buy some of his products too. Help the guy out. Yeah. Uh, Tom, eight is related news. Would you believe it? I have some more again. Oh, well, you go mm. first because I've, I've got one thing, but it might be Ooh. something that you have. So. Uh... Oh, okay. I've got four. I've got four oh. things. Oh, mm. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? We Maybe said this last one. <laughs> <laughs> we said it last time, didn't we? It's like. Every month, I think, well, there can't be more 80s-related you know, news to chat about, but, yeah, there is. Uh, I'm going to start off with a, a very sad one, unfortunately. Stuart Gordon, great director. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, he passed away on March the 24th, aged 72. 
uh, director, you know, come on, reanimator and so on and so forth. Great, great movies. Uh, a guy that we did an interview show with. Yeah. Uh, it was a short interview and it didn't go out as a separate show. I think it was only 10 minutes. Um, yeah, 10 minutes at most, I'm pretty sure. I do remember transcribing it and putting it, uh, the written version up on the 80s Picture House website and put it into uh, a regular format show that we yeah. did. Yeah. So because it wasn't a standalone episode, and we did, let's get it right, there was 178 episodes of 80s Picture House. I can't remember which one it was in. <laughs> I did find it, though. Did I, you? Yeah, one of these weird websites that say, you know, like some for some reason host our, um, you know, like, down, I don't know how they work, but it's on downloads when it hosts it yeah. on this other site. Yeah, it's still there. It was 90, so I, I can't remember. I looked right okay. on the day he, did, he passed away and it was episode 90-something. I'll have a look then. If if I can find it, because obviously I've still got all the episodes on the hard drive here. But yeah. they just, you know, it just says episode one, episode two, etc. I didn't put what was in it because that was on the website before the website went. Yeah. If I can find it before I do the edit, obviously I shall edit it in three, two, one. Now. Hello. Hi, is that Stuart? It is. Hi, yeah, it's Dave and Tom from the 80s Picture House. How are you? Yeah, we're good, thanks. Thank you. And thank you for joining us uh, this evening as well for a quick chat about Reanimator. Sure, my pleasure. Uh, well, of course, Second Sight Films, they're going to be releasing the new 4K restoration of it on June the 2nd. Uh, and I'm sure everybody's aware already Reanimator is based on the story Herbert West Reanimator by H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, the first question I've got for you is... When you read that story, what was it that attracted you to it to to go on and, and, and to do what you did with it? Well, I think what brought me to the story in the first place was that I was saying to a friend that I was wishing that someone would make a Frankenstein movie. And uh, they suggested I take a look at that story, and I had never heard of it. Um, and it turned out the reason I hadn't heard of it was it, was it had been out of print for decades because Lovecraft himself hated the story. <laughs> and um, did not include it in his, his uh, any of any of his collections, um, but I did finally, you know, dig it up, and uh, I was docked out. It was, you know, action-packed and fun-filled, and I immediately knew it would make a great film. Am I right in saying as well that it had quite a lengthy pre-production? Because were you originally going to do it? Was it? Did it go from like a stage production to like a thirty-minute TV show? and then to a series, and then eventually into a film? Uh, well, we never thought of it as a play, actually. It, it, that was later. You know, we did a musical of it recently. Mm -hmm. um, but when we did it originally, we were thinking, since it was written as a serial, he wrote it in six installments, that maybe it could be like a, a miniseries or something. Um, but, you know, the idea of doing it on television, just, you know, I think we were, we were so naive, we, we never realized how... Uh, you know what a what an impossible thing that was. Uh, uh, maybe today it could be done, but back then, not really. Oh yeah, I mean, because it was so different back back then as well. And of course, you've got you've got such a great history with with theatre from when going back to when you you founded like the the Organic Theatre Company as well. Uh -huh. um, and, and in a few minutes as well, I'm going to ask ask you about uh, Reanimator, the, the musical, as well. But how did your experience um, producing and directing theatre productions then translate as you went into your directorial career with feature films? 
Well, people used to say that uh, the plays that I directed were like movies that, you know, except we didn't use film. You know, they were happening live in front of you. And we used a lot of effects that people, you know, use in movies, you know, blood effects and uh, squibs and, you know, explosions and things like that. So, um, you know, we went beyond what norm people normally think of as theater. Uh, so it really wasn't that big of a leap to to, to make a movie. Mm -hmm. And we've had both Barbara Crampton and Peter Kent on the show, and they've both had uh, great memories from the set. But what's your like, main favorite memory from the shoot of Reanimator? Well, I remember that my shoes were always sticking to the floor. <laughs> there was so much blood you know, it was made out of a sticky corn syrup and um, so whenever I would walk around I would just hear this you know <laughs> we've asked this question to quite a few people as well but at the time you were making it had you any idea like, of, of the longevity of what this film would become and how loved it would become not just with genre fans but with, with like people worldwide, you know, no matter what films no, they're No, no, I mean, not at all. I just hope that the fans would like the movie. I mean, that's, and I think there was a, uh, there's a good lesson there is that I completely assumed that the critics would hate it. Mm -hmm. So that didn't bother me. I didn't think about them at all. And I think that that was a good thing. Uh, to just, you know, just approach the whole thing totally fearlessly. Um, and just do it so that, you know, the people who love horror would get their money's worth. Mm. And the critics ended up loving it as well. I know Roger Ebert, he gave it three out of yeah, four stars, he, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, God bless him. And, and uh, you know, we got great reviews. Uh, so, I mean, that was totally unexpected. Oh, yeah. They say it's like even now when we go into, like, the, we're in the digital age now and you've got places like Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the reanimators are 95%. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a hell of a great score on there. I, mean, <laughs> I know, it's amazing. <laughs> And what was it like when, you, when you know, you see now it's, it's getting another release, it's getting a very high-def picture, people are going to watch it in the, the you know, crystal well, clear I, quality? Yeah, I'm very happy about it. I'm also happy because for many, many years, the complete version of the film was banned in the UK. Yeah. You, you know, you couldn't see the, the uncut version at all. And so the fact that it's now being released, you know, pristine, uh, you know, um, high-def and so forth, I mean, that's wonderful. I mean, I remember back, way back when, I mean, it was out on, on VHS over here in the UK and being so frustrated as uh, a fan of horror films and a fan of yourself that, that it was cut. And it's so, for you, it must have been really frustrating too when you heard about that. It was, yeah. And I, I think there was one place where you could see it uncut in London, if I'm not mistaken, which was uh, a private club. And they were able to somehow get around the fact that the movie, the movie was banned. You know, um, but... Uh, you know, luckily, um, people you know keep were, were able to get bootleg copies of it, or you know, able to see it as it was intended to be seen. Oh yeah, I mean it's kind of weird now looking back on it, isn't it? When you look, you go to the cinema and you see a 15-rated film, and you see stuff that's that, that's so bloody and gory, and but way back when that would that would have been cut, cut like Reanimator was. Well, you know, I think it's I don't think it's the blood that was the problem, quite honestly, and I think it's the reason that there's never been. A remake of Reanimator is that it's this sort of uh, you know the big scene is kind of a, a strange sex act, <laughs> and uh, I think that still freaks people out. It does. It's such. It's one of those totally memorable scenes in cinema, and <laughs> will always will be. I'm sure it will. Uh, you mentioned as well about the Reanimator the musical, and um, it's 
Is there any way that Reanimator fans across the world are we ever going to see it in the UK? Or well, we else? actually we actually did it at the um, Edinburgh Festival. You did, yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, in the UK. But um, you know, I'd love to bring it back. It was very well received, and our thoughts were that we should bring it, you know, to the West End and, and do it properly. So that is something that we're still planning. Oh, that'd be good if it does, because I'm sure you've you've got many fans worldwide, Stuart, that would love to see that. That they would. Well, it's a very you know, it's it's great fun, and it's it's you know, the music is so good that now whenever I watch the movie, I keep waiting for them to start singing. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a new play coming out soon, haven't you? Or is it out now? It's called Taste. It, yes, that's right. It's running um, here in Los Angeles, and it's um, it's based on that true story about the guy who put an ad on the internet for someone that he could kill and eat. <laughs> and, uh, so we see that all being enacted before our very eyes in the theater now. Oh, um, that, that sounds good. Yeah, it is. It's very powerful. We've had people fainting during the performances. I, know, I was reading about some of the early plays that you put on, going back to like the early 70s, and how you shocked audiences. It seems like you still enjoy that getting that reaction from a live audience well, as well. Well, I do, yeah. I mean, it's, that's the thing about theater, is that it's, you know, it's really happening, you know, and you can really kind of interact with people far more you know, intimately than you can with a movie. Mm. And uh, I, I still get a big charge out of that. Is it true to say, then, that you prefer, do you prefer like, directing and producing theater to, to movies? I like them both. I think there's, you know, both are enjoyable, but there's something so immediate about live theater mm-hmm. that it's, it's like a drug. You know, you just get you know, hooked on it. And you, and, you know, it's uh, you need to have your fix. Oh yeah. I mean, speaking as both of us are big fans, I mean, we hope you continue to do both, and we look forward to everything that you do. And uh, one final question for you before you have to go, Stuart, is. What next? What next is there that Reanimator fans have got to look forward to? Is there? Is there anything? I mean, not just. I mean, obviously, everybody. It's constantly fans must ask you. Is there going to be another film? But like we said about the the uh, the musical touring, what what is there in the Reanimator world for us to look forward to? Well, I would love to see you know, like I said, the, the play you know get a, a chance to be seen in a larger sort of worldwide venue kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe tour it. I mean, that would be wonderful. Um, you know, we're still talking about this idea uh, called House of Reanimator, which is set in the White House, uh, and it involves reanimating the President of the United States. Oh, um, but that's that's also something that's still kind of uh, on the back burner. Oh, that's that sounds good. Well, anything for you. I mean, we've both been fans for years, Stuart, and, and anything that you do, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show with us now, it's, it's always been guaranteed to be highly watchable. So, you know, long may you continue what you're doing. Well, thank you, and um, it's a pleasure talking to you. And you too. Thank you very much, Stuart. Thanks, Stuart. Bye-bye. And if nothing appeared there, I didn't find it. <laughs> and if, if, I, if we've come back and you have just heard Stuart Gordon... Well then, yay! I did find it. Um, but yeah, but either way, sad news, you know. Yeah, an, another much. one of our '80s heroes has gone again. Mm. Mm. Uh, keeping obviously '80s onto an actor this time, who and again, you, we're avoiding talking about the big thing that's happening across the world. Um, said before, continue to say we're an oasis from all of that, uh, and you know keeping everybody hopefully entertained and giving a few giggles and an escape from it also you know we're politics free as well um but i am gonna have to mention this 
even though he does talk about what's happening at the moment. Michael Bean, obviously from The Terminator, does a great speech in The Terminator. He put a video up online uh, that sort of riffed on what's happening now, but within the context of him being Kyle Reese from yeah. The Terminator. I mean, what did you think of that, Tom? Oh, it's great, isn't it? He had the, just the whole cadence of the speech still down, like, you know, just it, the tone of his voice was spot on. Um, yeah, it was just, it was brilliant. And there's just a lot of people, actors and we were doing this sort of thing online at the moment, which is nice, sort of like reprising roles and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I mean, because um, if you're a With Nail and I fan... <gasps> I mean... <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, Richard E. Grant is just... He's just killing it with with lines from that movie. <laughs> it's, it's just brilliant recreating them. And I saw an interview with him and he said, yeah, he said it's the one role that he had where he still remembers all of his lines anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he, and, he, and without a fail, he corpses. Uh, yeah, every, every time. <laughs> Which is great. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, oh, my God, we're so lazy this episode, mate. Uh, you know, we, we stopped and had a rest and let Dean talk. Fingers crossed we found Stuart Gordon. You know, a bit of a rest there. Let's have a rest again. And for anybody that didn't hear it, I'm going to play uh, Michael Bean <laughs> in reprising his role of Kyle Reese. Listen and understand that virus is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or shame. And it absolutely will not stop until we stay at home. Kyle Reese, I'm out. And after listening to that, I'm sure I've mentioned before, I mean, obviously, you know, Tom, but for any new listeners, anybody that doesn't know, uh, my son, I called him after Kyle Reese. He's he's called Kyle. Mm. Yeah, I I remember watching The Terminator and thinking, I really like that name. And I'd never heard, believe it or not, mate, I'd never heard of the name Kyle before then. I'd never heard of it. I didn't know. Obviously, I didn't know anybody called it. I thought, oh, what a great name. I thought, if I ever have a, if ever I have a son, I shall name him Kyle. And I did. (laughs) And he knows it. And he loves being called after him as well. I mean, come on. What a cool character to be named after. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Could could be in a lot worse, couldn't it? Apparently, my middle name, Paul, I was named after Paul McCartney. Oh, well, I'm not even a Beatles fan, though. (laughs) (laughs) And they called me, they called me David because... uh, all all the other males in the family had got like old school names like Frank and Arthur and you know ones like that Reginald. So yeah, it was, David was a hip and swinging name in the sixties. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so yeah, I'm really with it now. No, <laughs> yeah, you certainly are. <laughs> uh, I've got two left, mate. I'm pretty sure it's not. Neither of these are the one that. You're going to oh, have so. Uh, I'm what going I have to... is a sort of um, similar to the Michael Bean thing. Basically, you know, like I said, a lot of people are like reprising roles and stuff mm. in this time where everyone's at home. But um, uh, have you seen this thing? Uh, the actor uh, Josh Gad is do- has done online, which is like reunited apart. I think it's called. It's on YouTube. No, I haven't. No. Yeah, he got the entire cast of the Goonies together. Oh, bloody hell. Um, director and even Steven Spielberg put in, a, in appearance. Oh, it's my like God. A, it's like a 20, 25-minute thing. They're all on, obviously, their little Brady Bunch, you know, um, Zoom call s- squares. And, yeah, hmm. he just talks to them all about it. Even, like, 
uh, Robert Darby, Joe Pantoliano, um, even got Thanos. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, no, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's about 20, 25 minutes. Um, well worth watching. A lot of fun. Well, like you said, isn't it? I guess that's, you know, one one of the little comforts we can take at the moment is stuff like that going on. Yeah, and it's good. And like, but you can sort of, it's kind of easier to reunite people because everyone's in. So. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of true. Really. <laughs> There's no excuse now. Uh, two I've got left Uh, one just a quickie a big um, sweet or candy if you're in America uh, over here during the 80s and before the 80s and a little bit and into the 90s too was Opal Fruits which in 1998 changed to Starburst Uh, they're bringing the name back limited edition mate they're they're bringing it back to opal fruits and change it there was a slight change in the flavors as well so you've got your yeah as well as the original name you've got the original flavors that are going to be appearing too so mm, watch out for opal fruits back on the shelf again for a limited period only i will buy a packet of opal fruits yes why not uh finally (laughs) this i did a double take on this one mate because i can't be reading that right the 1980 movie Cannibal Holocaust. Okay? Yes. We're familiar with that. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will be familiar with it. And uh, whether you've watched it or not, I'm sure there's imagery from it that you'll recognise. Uh, directed by Ruggiero Diodato. Mm-hmm. Coming up in November this year is the sequel in a video game form. <laughs> yes, they're making Cannibal the Game. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be released on uh, PC, PS4, Xbox One, even a mobile version of it, so you can play it while you're having a poo, um, <laughs> or anything else in the bath, I don't know, just be careful with the phone in the bath. Uh, so Ruggiero Diodato and Fantastico Student, student Studio um, are putting together an interactive graphic adventure called Cannibal the Game, which is a sequel to Cannibal Holocaust. And it's got it's got people lost in the forests of Borneo, and I'm guessing there's some killing going on. Maybe a bit of human flesh eating. Maybe things going into places that they wouldn't normally go into. <laughs> <laughs> all in all in um, graphic adventure form, which yeah, yeah, I've got to admit, sounds intriguing. Uh, yeah, I'll have a I'll have a go of a mobile version. Yeah, <laughs> I am interested to see you know what it's like and how far they go. Yeah, because surely you know if you're gonna do a sequel to Cannibal Holocaust of all movies, you can't you can't pussyfoot around with it, can you? You know, it's because fans you're gonna lose then fans of the film which are expecting. Oh come on, this is you've got to you know put a few things in here, or else you're gonna disappoint them. Mm. But then, if you go too far the other way and put like you know a U-rated huh. game with nothing, in you know you can please sort of nobody. So, yeah, November this year, Cannibal the game. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, something to look forward to. Hopefully, we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that does it for eighties uh, related stuff. I mean, with everything that we've uh, inserted, they were. That's no <laughs> reference to the Cannibal game I was just on about. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of the longest pre-movie talk sections I think we've had in these 
decade of decadence shows at least. It must be, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because we had some long ones in 80s Picture House, but I think... It... That's mainly us just rambling on and going off on our weird tangents. Yeah. One of my one of my all-time favourites, and I'm sorry, this will mean nothing to anybody that didn't listen to 80s Picture House, was uh, our talk about the great uh, British pop slash soda, Cresta. Uh, and then how you linked how it was made to pandas, not pandas, to um, polar bears to yeah. be very... Uh, uh, you know, having some me time of how they made f- frothy, <laughs> how they made the frothy drink. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was... this is this is definitely from a decade of decadence. This is the longest pre-cum that <laughs> if the movie talk is the ejaculation. Yeah. This this is the foreplay. This and yeah. this is yeah. We're 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 really you know taking a time with this one. Yeah, that's that. That's it's. This is that special, that special little fluid. <laughs> if I want to continue that comparison, and I do, please. <laughs> let's. Well, I, we will take a break and let. Let's see if you can continue that comparison when we've got two movies to talk about. It's Not these well. two. <laughs> well, one. Of them, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good point, actually, that this section is a bit longer than normal because the movie section is definitely going to be shorter than usual. Yeah. Mm. Come back in a minute and you'll find out why. It may have started in the Bronx, but Michael Chambers took it to a whole new level. My sister gave me the name Boogaloo Shrimp because that's what people were telling me to do. You just saw him, and what he brought was like, this dude, again, was special. I just happened to be balancing a broom on my finger. He's moving the the, the broomstick with his hand, but you see these two little strings kind of hanging from his hand. I was like, wait a minute, I thought it was for real. Halfway in the middle center of the broom, they, they did a drill bit, and they got fishing string, put it through there so it was clear enough so you could see. So it was a really cheap prop. It was a brand new broom, and I just put it there, and believe it or not, when I moved my hand, because the bristles were so strong, it stood. But that right there, that scene, was what changed it all. We hear the same question again and again. Did he teach Michael Jackson how to dance? Well, once I got into the business and became a name, he was like, ooh, I like the way you move. Cause <laughs> this is the real moonwalk. <laughs> this is the step that Michael really liked. A lot of people don't know the truth, but Shrimp is actually the person that taught Michael Jackson a backslide. During those times, we used to get down to Hollywood and Highland all the time. So Hollywood sends down Channel 7, uh, a new show called INLA. Shrimp does this crazy backslide, man. And uh, Michael Jackson happened to watch that show on Channel 7, and uh, or Eyewitness News. And, uh, called the news station and wanted to know who that kid was along with a few other people and they ended up getting a hold of him and so he ended up getting calling uh, shrimp and taco both to his house in encino while shrimp ended up showing him that backslide fast forward a little bit uh down the road and he did the motown 25 and that is the the way michael jackson does that backslide is exactly how shrimp does a backslide breaking is more than one man or one style it's a gateway Anytime you had a group of people dancing to the same beat, like one group, it just seemed like 
for that moment in time, the beat united us. And we are back ready for what was my first time watch pick. And uh, it's the Boogaloo Shrimp documentary from 2019. But Dave, uh, what's it called? It's called Boogaloo Shrimp Documentary. Oh. (laughs) And it is, in case anybody didn't know, it's a documentary about Boogaloo Shrimp. (laughs) Called the Boogaloo Shrimp Documentary. Is that honestly the best they could do? You'd think they'd do some sort of twist. Straight off a remark, is that the best? Oh, we've made a documentary about uh, Boogaloo Shrimp. What have you called it? Boogaloo Shrimp Documentary. Yeah. Can't even get breaking in there in any way or dance or act i don't know obviously not a lot of thought gone into the title and something on boogaloo shrimp or yeah michael chambers or something they could break in like, i'm mm. sure they couldn't use breaking like the movie type they're like break dancing or yeah pop in and lock it like there's so many names of break like there's so much stuff they could have used like a boogaloo shrimp documentary yeah cool <laughs> good effort yeah <laughs> and it is uh it's 75 minutes long it's not very long it's currently a 5.9 on imdb yes yeah, can we just discuss that for a moment, Tom? I think it's probably the people who he got to big him up in the documentary rating it. <laughs> I think so too. When we've talked about films that have been far lower than that in score, and we've thought, oh, they're pretty good, and this yeah. is a five point nine. I the think it's sort of is high for us. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, it is. It's very high. Um, the IMDb synopsis the life story of Michael Chambers aka Boogaloo Shrimp the dancer, actor, singer, comedian and master of waving ticking, backsliding and liquid animation dance during the 1980s breakdancing phenomenon sounds good Uh, well well, if you've never (laughs) spoken to him in person yeah (laughs) yeah this section, just so people are prepared, isn't going to be very long. Uh, I'm, I'm going to draw back the curtain once again. I watched it before Tom did, and I immediately sent a message to Tom and said, I'm going to save you 75 minutes of your life, mate. Don't bother watching it. <laughs> You're not going to miss anything. It is, it's the worst form of documentary, right, where it's, it's just talking heads and very, very little else and when you're talking about somebody who is famous for dancing and more than you know an art form where there's so much to look at and to take in and he was so innovative in what he did and he is you know let's get it right he you know he is um he's really high within that form of dancing there's so many people look up to him and he you know he, he was breaking the rules and, and doing all sorts of stuff which was great and i'd, I'd love to have seen some of it rather than really small snippets of it now and again instead of an endless succession of talking heads who for the first 10 minutes all it is is talking heads going boogaloo shrimp's really great cut to another head boogaloo shrimp is pretty awesome cut to another talking head boogaloo shrimp 
he's really good. I like him. And it's like, okay, right, we get the message now. So 10 minutes of just that. And I already just wanted to turn it off. Uh, it, the second half, you do get Boogaloo Shrimp himself, of which I think it's three cameras are set up on him. Uh, and a lot of the camera shots in it, not very well composed as well. Oh. Says I as a BBC award-winning documentary filmmaker, of course. Yeah, right. um, yes. And, uh, and, this, and this is outrageous. One of the cameras that's set up on him, it's out of focus. <laughs> And every time it cuts to this one particular camera and it's out of focus and you're going, really? Really? And it, and it's, and that's it. It's 75 minutes of talking heads yeah, saying I... that he's great, which is great and was, you know, amazing at, at what he did and what he does. But come on. It, <laughs> this is just, oh, it's mind-numbingly boring even if you're a fan if there was a kiss documentary or a sylvester stallone documentary or a clint east documentary and it was just talking heads going oh yeah sly is really good isn't he yeah yes and then like a 10 second clip of stop all my mum will shoot that's not even a very good quality you know it looks like it's been ripped off a third generation vhs copy it wouldn't be interesting viewing so disappointed, mate. So disappointed. Well, I did watch some of it because you said like skip it, and I was like, I need to I, like needed some sort of context so I could. Mm. And I've never done that before ever, have I? No, I've never said no. don't watch this, no, no matter how. And we've watched sh some shite over the years, <laughs> and I I thoroughly enjoy putting you through it and going, Tom, you've got to watch this shit. I've done it. You've got to watch <laughs> it too. For, for, so for me to say don't watch it, Tom. Yeah, it's, it's no, it tell. is pretty bad, and it's just like it just smacks of like it's just his mates because I don't I, like obviously I'm no expert, and neither you know, neither you, Dave, of like a breakdance community. Oh no, but this just strikes me as either his mates or people who have met him once because one of them, a couple of them refer to like like almost refer to like the time they met him. <laughs> it's just like. Oh. I'm going to be I'm going to be on a Sylvester Stallone documentary about when I met him. I want you Tom, I want I definitely want you on a Roger Moore documentary. Yeah. About when you met him. There's uh, there is a good documentary about like when people have met someone and like fandom of someone. Um Springsteen and I. Um okay. that's actually really good. Yeah. Very funny. This isn't that. <laughs> it's far You know, there was two really shocking things apart from you know one camera being out of focus. There was the fact that you hardly see anything at all of what he's famous for. Yeah, there's like you know, the there was a clip. Oh my god, take a shot for every time they said the broom scene. Oh yeah, you won't. Get I don't know how much it. that went on for, but um, mm. so they showed a clip of the broom scene from Breaking, but there's no audio on it. Oh my god! Yeah, this is just in like fifteen, twenty minutes to watch. So they've got this background music, right? And it's just like, just like there's people talking, and then this is, it's like it's so just so distracting. Like, not that you're paying too much attention to, like, no. Oh yeah, Boogalus. And also, in the first few seconds, doesn't it say he invented the moonwalk? Which I'm not sure is accurate. 
Yeah, I mean, please correct us if we're wrong, but Google, I don't know. Google it. I'm pretty sure Boogaloo Shrimp didn't invent the moonwalk. Honestly, um, and obviously there's no Shabadoo. Oh, that that was my second point. Was as far as shocking bits, mate. Go no shabadoo in a documentary about boogaloo shrimp, and to me that is like making a documentary about an American viewers probably won't get this, like Eric Morecambe, and you don't have Ernie Wise in it, or you know you they're two people you just pair together straight away because they make they made such an impact in the breaking films and you don't have him in it now maybe he was approached to do it and i don't know due to the filmmakers or whatever he knew that it might not turn out very well and he turned it down or i mean surely they must have approached him please don't tell me they didn't even think oh yeah we've got everybody that we want we've got all of his mates and shabbat yeah, no no we won't bother mate and that that is shocking that he's not in it as well well i've called up um the moonwalk Mm. And it was done by a um, group called the Electric Boogaloos, a street, a street dance crew in the late 70s. Yeah. And was he a part of it? He could have been. I don't know. But it's got the name Boogaloo in it. No. It does tell you how we got the name Boogaloo Shrimp, though. That's one good thing about it. So if you're interested how Michael Chambers got the name Boogaloo Shrimp, you will find that out in this documentary. I mean, no, it doesn't say that he's in there, but there's a lot of people who've used it, like, going back, um, uh, Bob Fosse moonwalks in a 1974 film called The Little Prince. Um, in an episode of Lucy, Here's Lucy, um, someone does that. Um, in an episode of H.R. Puffin Stuff, Judy the Frog teaches everyone a new dance called The Moonwalk in 1969. Judy the Frog. Please let it be Judy the Frog that invented the moonwalk. Yeah, my pick for next show is Judy the Frog, the documentary. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear those interviews with, you know, some, some fellow frogs. Maybe the odd newt. Invented the moonwalk. But, yeah, um, yeah he didn't. <laughs> Invent the moonwalk, and like they don't touch oh. on that. Do, do they touch the guy? Do they mention the moonwalk again in the rest of the documentary? Um, I can't remember. I know, I, I, and you've tuned, probably tuned out several oh, times. Oh, yeah, completely. I think it, most of it had drained from my mind like five minutes after I stopped it. <laughs> and then jumped on WhatsApp and said to you, Don't watch it, Tom. <laughs> uh, I bet, oh, I bet Shabadoo hates him. You think so? Yeah, I've just got this feeling like they don't do anything together. Like it's just, this, it just I don't know. It just uh, like <laughs> no part of the documentary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that you would that does sort of lead you to think that, doesn't it? With him not being on it, and, you know, like considering like from the basis of like it's just this massive ego trip documentary, and yeah. obviously in our next episode you'll hear us talk to him. Yeah, we should. The basis, yeah. the basis of that it just seems to think, oh, like, Shabadoo was the one, you know, wasn't he? He was the out of the both of them. He was. I don't want to refer to Boogaloo Shrimp as like a sidekick, but hmm. you know, Shabadoo was the one. You know, he he toured with Madonna and all sorts. And, oh yeah, yeah. You know, but oh, I don't know. It's the, the, this documentary doesn't. Do, 
like doesn't do him any favors and we've we've, been, no. we've interviewed him while there's literally shit coming out of his ass so yeah and <laughs> people listening to this are gonna go what he's he's the next show what's That's this about hope. what's this about shit listen to the next episode folks because yes it's always about poe because <laughs> it's 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 a remastered interview show me and tom did with boogaloo shrimp himself and yeah we're gonna blow our own horn here it's far better than this documentary. It's more, <laughs> more entertaining. Enter- it's more entertaining by a country mile, mate. It really is. So, yeah, get ready for uh, episode 243 with our interview with Boogaloo Shrimp. Don't bother watching this. Just just prepare your ears for the next episode instead. I've noticed as well on IMDb, the 5.9 is only from nine people that have voted on it. <laughs> Oh, so it probably is his mates that were in it. And also, considering, you know, it's a Boogaloo Shrimp documentary, and he's the second half of the film. It's, nearly, it's mostly just him in that out-of-focus camera in one shot that I keep going on about. And uh, when you look at IMDb, Boogaloo Shrimp, you know, credited as Michael Chambers, his real name, uh, isn't top billing. He's third <laughs> in his own documentary. <laughs> He's behind Mellow Man Ace, who gets top billing. Oh, fair enough, Mellow Man Ace. Yeah, and this is a nice little segue. People are going to get this reference more. Uh, it's not a reference, a fucking fact, because I'm reading the name of it. It's second on the bill. When you listen to the next show, when we interview him, uh, is underneath Mellow Man Ace is Lighter Shade of Brown. Hey. <laughs> uh, and then it's Michael Chambers third. Brilliant. Third, mm. third billing in his own documentary. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, don't bother, folks. Don't bother. Just, just wait. You're not going to have to wait long. It's in fact, a, a couple of days tops. Depending when you listen to this, you might be listening to it and you download it immediately. If you yeah, don't might already be out. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, listen to me and Tom have a chat with him, and uh, hopefully we've teased that enough with some of the wild and wacky talk we have with him. <laughs> It's uh, it's a good one. So yeah, always end the segment with this one. First time watch. Is it worth a rewatch? Do, do we need to answer that? I don't think we need to answer that. I don't think we do. Let's let's move on to your rewatch pick, Tom. For over four hundred years, they've developed their own mysterious traditions. For over four hundred years, they've had a strict code of honor and unparalleled standards of respect. For over 400 years, they have terrorized the streets of Japan. Now, they want to control the city of Los Angeles. Determined to leave their mark in blood. Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee are ready for a showdown in Little Tokyo. They're two L.A. cops who are hungry for a little takeout. Dolph Lundgren. Brandon Lee. Showdown in Little Tokyo. Okay, my rewatch pick was Showdown in Little Tokyo. Its connection to the 80s being, or take your pick really, its tone, the entire tone of the film. 
Dolph Lundgren, uh, Markel Lesto, who directed Commando, directs it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's more. Just yeah, it's it's one of those hangover movies of the 80s. Really, it was released in on the 23rd of August 1991. Um, so probably wasn't shot in the 80s, but as I said, hangover Near enough. Fashions, um, especially the jackets, are like full on 80s. Oh, yeah. Shoulder pads and everything. Yeah, for haircuts, for fashion. Yeah. It's all still very present. It's a very short film. Yeah. It's uh, my DVD of it um, has a running time of 75 minutes. Bloody hell. Um, and it uh, just, on a general theme, it does really feel like it, it, there's a longer film here. You know what, mate? I got the exact same impression rewatching it again. It was like, was was it shut down early? There was there the bits cut out of it because there seemed to be like big jumps in narrative. Well, going, ooh, hold on. Well, well, I was about to say I did some digging. I just googled it. Um, <laughs> it was there was a ninety minute cut submitted. Um, it didn't test well. Mm-mm. Warner Brothers lost interest, but not but long enough to cut. 14 odd minutes off of it oh. no like news to say what these what were in those 14 minutes but as we'll get into probably could have done with them yeah could have done um so this plot is very very basic um mismatch cop like Dolph Langren just burns through he, he operates Chinatown um well was it Chinatown because it took mm. Tokyo yeah Tokyo is Japan. Yeah. Not China. Well, I think there's loads of inconsistencies in this film. It's a little anyway. Tokyo section of Los Angeles. Okay, yeah. Which is. That's it. Yeah. Like, which goes with the title. Like Chinatown. I, I don't want to get yeah. them mixed up. Um, like Chinatown. but That's the Japanese. sequel. Showdown, showdown in Chinatown. <laughs> Big trouble in Little Tokyo. No. <laughs> no. Confusing. Um, so he's, he's, he burns all these partners. He's, he's the white cop in Little Tokyo. Um, and he speaks Japanese, and mm. he's, he's burnt for all these Japanese partners, and his new mismatched partner is the kind of straight-laced uh, Brandon Lee, um, whose character can't speak Japanese. So it's sort of like little, whereas, you know, in these normal sort of films, you'd have a Japanese cop who obviously speaks Japanese and all of that. It's got, he's the one who's there, and then the, the white cop, who, whoever will come in, you know, and there'll be the fish out of water. So they flipped mm. that round. Yeah. Um, don't know why. <laughs> to be honest. But um, yeah, and it's them, and it's the Yakuza. Um, there's a girl, a singer in a very strange bar that needs protection. Um, I think I've done the basic plot outline. Protect a girl. Yeah. Yakuza, bad. Yeah. Main Yakuza killed a Flongren's mum and dad. Yeah, that's oh, it. Yeah, I'm so it's a very good synopsis. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Isn't it? You know, they they killed Dolph's parents when he was a kid, and he wants revenge, kill them, and protect a woman at the same time who he has yeah. sex with, obviously because he's Dolph Lundgren, and um, yeah. That's um, Tia Carrera out of Wayne's World, who was um, mm. like a childhood. Oh, who's this? You know that first sort of 
not quite the sunny, you know. We're not, you know, it's, it predates sunny, but predates like, predate sunny. Do you want to just? Do you want to for anybody that's new to listening to us and missed out on the many tales we had of, of when you discovered? Well, it was WWF then, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, WWF wrestler Sunny, and your video that. Well, yeah, there was, look, <laughs> <laughs> there was a video. I was. 15 impressionable and no i was, I was younger than that um <laughs> 14 maybe even anyway it's my first wank <laughs> but there was a definite thing with tia carrera like oh she's you know like yeah. like my well, i'd have seen that about 11 or 12 maybe even younger and i'm just like yeah oh oh i'm getting a strange tingling watching this <laughs> So yes, that was that was Tia Carrera, and uh, Kari Tagawa is the bad guy who who I met once. Oh yeah, and what yeah, was he like? Was he okay? Yeah, he was nice. Nice. He signed my DVD of it, so uh, mm, which I still have. This is the first DVD I've watched in ages. Like it's either Blu-ray or streaming. So yeah, I haven't dug a DVD out in a while. So in fact, I've filed them all away now. So I had to go into a box to find it. And what was it like? The uh, the DVD watching experience. Yes, rummaging for a rummaging for a film. So yeah, the plot is very basic, as is the film, really. Yeah, thankfully, it's higher on IMDb in its score than Boogaloo Shrimp documentary, but not by much. This is six point one. Oh, really? Not by much? No, by by point two. If we're going to be uh, mathematically correct. Well, we always like to be. Yes. <laughs> um. So the thing with this film is like. There's lots, pretty much everything that happens is my sort of thing in this film, you know. Hmm. Fight scenes, pointless nudities, a lot of pointless nudity. There is a lot, yeah. Violence, bad acting, mullets, Dolph Lundgren, randomly, everything about it's like, I like. But it just moves so quickly. It's so yeah. just like, boom, 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 boom. this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Like, this is what I mean, like, it needs more time to just like that that 14 minutes would have been perfect it doesn't need half an hour or anything like that it just needs a little bit more time just to like okay these are the characters this is what's going on they just yeah it's just there like, this big jumps and we we said yeah. it's tina's first time tina had never watched it before so we sat together and watched it uh, so it was again it was interesting getting the view of somebody that never seen it before and she enjoyed it um but she said as well it's it's like she said it's what's missing out of this because there was just like jumps in it and you go whoa hold on a minute that's not been explained very well or not been explained at all and i thought at times as well it just looked cheap i mean i don't know i haven't got in front of me what the budget was for it but so, some scenes they look good you know but there was other scenes in it and you thought that just doesn't look good at all you know it looks the like was, a, the a budget eight million dollars so yeah shit. Oh, it, lo it looked awful, director video, that kind of thing. Just yeah. Only in certain scenes, not all the way through. And it was, ooh, okay. Yeah. And that was a bit jarring. Yeah, and, you know, like some of it, you know, like some of the acting obviously wasn't good. Not, nothing we normally concern ourselves with. But, hmm. yeah, the, there was a, and, you know, I've, generally I think it was, a, you know, if it just had that bit more, you know, time and, uh, you know, obviously, like you say, maybe looked a bit better. You know, this could have been 
something you know better you know because i think brandon lee who's got a lot of charisma in it mm-hmm. um obviously Dolph does normally and i think they bounce off each other quite well uh, but it's just like it's just so okay oh we've got this okay they're being tortured now oh, oh it's the bit but it's a bit of a film where this happens it's a bit of a film where this happens and it just yeah and it's one of those weird things where you like everything in the film well i well i liked everything in the film but i just needed to breathe yeah um, yeah it was it was missing like you said miss just missing that extra stuff that didn't need it i mean many times we've talked about oh my god this could do with some cutting out because it's too yeah. long and it's boring you know so it, it's i don't think it's too often we say this and this needed more time spent just to flesh some little bits out because uh, it was yeah just just a little rushed and unfinished i thought um yeah yeah and um but there's one thing it does have in it dave go on and it's it's the one thing that you met you remembered about the film when I told you what it was going to be. It was yeah, and I told Tina like I said she'd never seen it before, and I pre warned her before I put it on. I said, look, there's going to be one line in this film that you will never forget, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. Just listen out for it, but trust me, you're not going to miss it. And uh, yeah, no surprises, she picked up on it straight away. Yeah, it's it's just like. I thought it happened in the scene where they're having the fight in the bathing house. That's what I thought too, because when that scene came on, I said to Tina, it's it's getting close now, get ready. But no, he's just like, so it doesn't happen then where everyone's, well, they're fully clothed and all the baddies are in their big nappies. Yeah. Not nappies. Well, Um, whatever they're called. Yeah. Trunks, they're not trunks either. I don't know. Um, um, but it happens later after Dolph Lundgren's inevitably had sex with Tia Correa's character. Um, bad guys show up, and Brandon Lee's there as well. And like he's in his like boxer shorts, Dolph Lundgren, but they're not. They're they're, they're small. Yeah, they're not. They're not samurai cop. No banana hammock. Are they? No, they're not. No. That. Um, you can't see an outline of anything. <laughs> But um, and then like just as the bad guys come in, Brandon Lee just goes to him. If we don't make it out of this, I just want you to know you've got the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. <laughs> Bit random, really. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, it's here where he is. Like, when did he see his dick then? Because yeah. it wasn't in the bathhouse because they were fully clothed. No, he alluded to it be- before then, though, because I picked up and I can't. I couldn't remember this bit before. Because there'd been a hot tub scene previously, like you said, with Dolph Lundgren and Tia Carrera in it. During which point as well, you see Tia Carrera's character says to Dolph's character, oh, turn away, and all she's got on is a towel. And yeah. you see you see her, you know, it, you see her from top to toe as she drops the towel. But it's from sort of behind and to the side. And it's a body double. Now, the filmmakers must have thought, OK, we'll, we'll get somebody whose body's really good and we'll show them, you know, some TNA as she drops her towel. Hopefully, they'll be so enamoured with looking at her tits and arse, they will not notice the really fucking horrendous wig that she's wearing to try and make her look like Tia Carrera, because that ain't her. You know, it's so obviously a body double given away by a terrible wig. And then it cuts to, of course, when, you know, the body double gets into the hot tub, 
close-up of Tia Carrera's face, and she's got in with totally different hair again, and it's and it's her. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so then they come in, and like you said, he has, you know, Dolph and her have sex. And they, um, Brandon Lee sees them, uh, and Dolph says something about, oh, she was scared. I forget the context of that line, she was scared. Um, and then uh, Brandon Lee says, yeah, I saw you strip down for the hot tub. I'd be scared too. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, so, okay then. So what you were doing while they were, you know, while Dolph was stripping down for the hot tub, you were like, peeping through a little hole in the wall that you drilled or something, admiring his cock. It was what? And then make that comment about him having the biggest dick he's ever seen on a man. How think, random is that? You think Dolph Langwood's like, yeah, we need to do some work on the script. <laughs> yes. Or he's just on a break and he just finds a script and he just starts writing in dialogue about his dick before they drag him off <laughs> and Turbaline stayed in. <laughs> Showdown oh. at my big dick night. <laughs> <Say dope. laughs> yeah. Close up on my dick. Yes. Here is. Dolph's character pulls out his weapon. Yes, we all know what that is. Uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be a samurai sword, Dolph. No, I'm using this. But uh, um did see a couple of familiar faces. Um, um Al Young's in it, of course. Yes, yes. Which and, is always uh, good to see. And uh, your your pal, yes. And um, and our co-star from Samurai Cup Two is uh, the torturer, um, Gerald Okamura. He is, yes. I spent a very enjoyable couple of evenings with him. He's a, he is a really nice guy. I told you, didn't I, Tommy? He's yeah, so nice. Yeah. And Tina spotted him straight away as well. And went, look, it's Gerald. Any time in this sort of time period, you're getting into little, you know, little Tokyo or China, because obviously Hollywood doesn't care about the difference. <laughs> you're always going to see some familiar faces. Yeah. Yeah, and we did. We did in this one. That was an added little treat to see them, which was good. Uh, another throwback, you know, this is, like you said, we're just out of the 80s. And you can tell in another way by the absolutely fucking huge explosions in it, especially towards the end of the film. Yeah. They always, they still go, like, overboard on the explosions and have, you know, what we call 80s explosions, <laughs> which, which are far bigger and more explosive than they should be. But got to admit, they look good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what did, did look good as well? was, uh, again, the, the end scenes of the film, where Dolph Lundgren just changes because, you know, he is in vests, a lot in it, you know, topless in it. Uh, but for the end of the film, he puts on this Japanese... looks like a Halloween outfit. <laughs> it was like, what the hell did he look like at the end, wearing that and that big headband and everything? He just looked ridiculous, really. Sorry if that offends any Japanese listening and going listeners and thinking that's our traditional dress. I'm sure it uh, is, but it probably looks better on the people who should be wearing it. I'm sure it does. Rather than you know? very large, muscly Dolph Langren. Yes. Didn't look good. Didn't look good at all. No, he did not pull it off. Uh, another another thing that made me laugh and was sort of, you know, typical 80s, I thought, was of course Dolph. Spoiler. You know, it's only 30 years old, nearly. Uh, Dolph kills the bad guy and gets revenge, you know, on the man that killed his parents. And he impales him with his big weapon and then throws him 
uh, onto a Catherine wheel that then ignites and starts spinning round and round. And as this is happening, everybody watching, because it's in the middle of a, you know, a crowded street, everybody's cheering and clapping, aren't they? And I know he's, he's the, I know he's the leader of the Yakuza that have been, you know, getting money from some of the shopkeepers, but not everybody there probably even knew that he was the leader of the Yakuza. And they go, yay, he's been impaled with a big sword. Yay, he's been thrown on a Catherine wheel that's now spinning. Yay, he's now on fire and screaming in pain. <laughs> what? Sadists. Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't like to live in that area if that's what they think is good evening entertainment <laughs> and cheering for them. Yay. Look, it's another multiple murder. So yes. what the hell? Ah, this one's on fire right in the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, weird. Weird. It's enjoyable. You know what? And it's, you know, we talked about LinkedIn loads of times, and of course. I mean, that's one of the things now as well, because we can see what each other has watched and we can see what we've rated it as as well can't you know if we put a little mini oh, yeah, review yeah. we get a little idea of what we think about it and our our marks on linkedin for this were really sim similar you give it a three i give it a 2.5 which you know there's not much in that and i think they're fair scores for it it's enjoyable but it's like the old school report card isn't it could have done better it's it's that for me yeah yeah exactly like i liked everything in it but mm. it was just yeah. too short. Like everything in it was good, but we needed more, more, which is mm. rare. Do you think we'll ever get like a release where the missing footage not necessarily is reinserted, but just put in as a separate extra? Do you even think that footage still exists? I don't know. Like it's not a film that's, that widely i know somebody and i think it's greg actually greg burridge who at some point in the near future you're going to talk to mm -hmm. um he loves it and i and through him i know there's an instagram account um devoted to it i don't know how many <laughs> photos you can get out of a 75 minute movie but yeah. but it's uh so i don't know if it's got the following enough i don't know if uh, you know i like mm. i don't even know if it's on blu-ray I'm not sure. I think, yeah, I think it, I think it was when I looked for it. I think it, I think it could be. I'd love to know if anybody listening knows about you know the missing footage, yeah. even if you know if it's if it's still available, if it's gone, if that you know if anybody knows even one scene of what that footage it's got contained. To be, it's got to be, be plot stuff and character stuff. Though, yeah, yeah. Because they wouldn't they wouldn't get rid of the action, and it doesn't seem no. like it seems like all the action is there, but just missing plot and character stuff yeah it does so yeah anybody listening know anything about it pop us an email love to know more about it It'd be good yeah uh yes about everything i've got to say yeah, on it, mate. Um, I've, yeah. Uh, said, I've said my bit is it worth then here's the rewatch film was it was it worth rewatching? Uh, yeah, I think so. Just about, you know, it's, it's in, like what the, again, what there is is entertaining. It's not like it's crap, but hmm. you just you just need more really out of a film. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm exactly the same, mate. Worth worth rewatching, but just about and leaves you thinking, damn, just wanted a bit more of it. So 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, not bad, I guess, for this episode's two two picks. I mean, the first one was a complete write-off. <laughs> yeah. But at least listeners have got the next episode instead, which, trust us, really is better than that documentary. Uh, but this this was all right. This this you know I'm glad we watched this because sometimes it, we have had it where both both films we've suffered for the episode, uh, and then we've had it where both have been an absolute treat. So let's take a little break then and come back and let everybody know what the two films are for our May show. We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. Hi, it's my choice of a first watch pick next episode. And it is a a pure 80s film that neither of us us have seen. Mm. Uh, From July 1983, it is a Star Wars ripoff. It also (laughs) is a bag of crisps. It is Space Raiders. Oh, my God, I remember Space Raiders. Yeah. The Crisps. The Crisps. Not the film. Obviously, I've never never seen the film before. Um, Yeah. Space Raiders. Well, it's got the annoying kid out of Over the Top and the state of the Chewbacca ripoff. (laughs) So uh, it's Roger Corman. Let's see what happens. I mean, just you saying Roger Corman immediately makes me want to watch it. So I'm fine with that. Undiluted 80s, 1983. Mmm, that's good. Okay, and that's available to watch on... On Prime in the UK. Okay, so anybody that wants to to watch it before the next show, Amazon Prime. Uh, So, of course, that leaves me with my rewatch pick. Uh, And I, too, am going for one that is in the 80s just about in the 80s though Uh, and for once I'm not even going to Amazon Prime how about that Uh, I'm going to Disney Plus and this this is the last Disney film that was released in the 80s how about that oh yeah I mean come on that's uh, what more do you want the last Disney film of the 80s uh, released, obviously, in 1989, although it was released on the 9th of February 1990 here in the UK, but it got its worldwide release in 89. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and I haven't seen this for, I don't know, again, back in VHS days, uh, early, must have been early 90s. I would probably say about the same. It wouldn't have been since mm. VHS. It's, and I was a kid, a long time since seeing this. Put yeah. it on my, I put that on my sequel, my Disney Plus watch list. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to revisiting that. I've got no idea. Yeah. If, if I can't if I will like it or not. So, yeah, excellent. Me too. I've got no idea. And can you believe this, mate? We're going to... Because we normally will pick, you know, 18-rated films or... 15 rated you know we'll go for the shit action films a lot of the weird sci-fi horror uh we've our picks are honey i shrunk the kids is a u and space raiders is a pg family friendly family friendly so uh yeah mind your language next episode tom no swearing keep it all family friendly to you know yeah we've got to uh keep it clean yeah no more no more pre-cum talk no Get it all out of my system. Yes. Get it all out before we record. 
I thought that was your pre-podcast recording sort of uh, ritual anyway. Well, no? Well. No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're the two for our May show. If uh, any of the listeners would like to watch them before we record. Also, before we record, you know the two films. If you want to send us your thoughts, comments, questions about those films or about the two that we've talked about today uh, would be really good. Um, different ways you can do that. You can go to the website, 60minuteswith.co.uk. There's a contact us form on there. You can just fill that in easy. You can email us direct, which is contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. You can tweet us. That's at 60 Minutes With. Uh, you can go to our Reddit, which is 60 Minutes With Podcast. Um, even you could just write something on Instagram at 60 Minutes With. We're in lots of places, you know, so get in touch with us. Let us know any comments, questions, anything like that. Uh, also on the, re on the website... There's affiliate links to Amazon UK, to CD Keys, if you use either of those. Uh, please go through the links on the website. It doesn't cost you a penny more. We don't know who you are. We don't get any of your details. All that happens is those two firms give us a little kickback, which just helps us to uh, keep everything online, which is always nice. And I think I haven't forgotten anything this time, which I normally do. I'm sure it will have done. I'm sure we'll finish recording and I'll go, shit, I forgot to mention that. Uh, but yeah, do that. Visit the website. That's the hub of everything. The, all the links are on there. That's that's the main thing. And we've got to decide as well, which we'll do um, over the next few weeks, because people may have noticed we're releasing the monthly show for the Decade of Decadence, but we're also releasing these remastered interview shows that me and Tom did for 80s Picture House. We need to decide, mate, which who's the next one that we're going to do don't we yeah there's a lot to choose from but uh, there's a lot and there's, there's none that tie in with either of the two films that we've picked though is there you know i know we tied the boogaloo shrimp one in with the documentary that i picked but i'm just looking through the cast list of the two films and i can't see any that even sort of randomly in my head would sort of go oh there's a connection mm, no so, i just have to be completely at random yeah so a surprise for everybody for what next month's interview show. So again, next month, May, regular show and uh, a remastered interview show. Oh, I will also say as well, uh, fingers crossed, we're hoping to get some brand new 80s related interviews, me and Tom talking to people. Like we said, we did uh, 50 interviews back with 80s Picture House, re-releasing all of those. Uh, but yeah, we're, it's in the works for us to be talking to some more 80s people and brand new interviews. So we've got that to look forward to, which is going to be pretty exciting, I think, isn't it, mate? Yeah, I've just thought of one, actually, and um, it all depends if you can find him. Okay, then. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about that. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, keep keep listening. You never know who we're going to talk to or what's going to happen next. And, uh, yeah, like we said, episode 243 next, that'll be me and Tom, Boogaloo Shrimp. And you will then find out why we were mentioning about poo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's worth the wait. Uh, yeah. So until then... Uh, goodbye.